Would you like to touch my monkey? This is a fit mess with Zach and Jeremy. All right, here we go. Episode 17 of the Fit Mess Podcast. Thank you for being there. Thanks for downloading the show. Zach, I got a monkey on my back and I can't get it off. That sounds like a really personal problem. <laughs> it's, uh, if you're like me, you got the, you're, you're, you're hooked on your phone. You're staring at your screen too much. You're on the, the Facebook and the Instagram. Can't stop looking. Can't stop uh, just absorbing whatever horrible, toxic stuff is out there or the wonderful, polished, beautiful lives of everyone around you that you're jealous of and uh, just making you feel like you're a complete waste of space and time and yet you can't stop looking um that's quite the toxic monkey it is he's he's a he's a bastard uh but i'm i'm doing it man i i I finally i don't know what it was i've been thinking lately about how much time i'm spending on my phone actually you know i'm gonna look right now i'm gonna pull up the uh the little tracker and this is not going to be a fair representation because i actually unplugged a lot of my apps the other day how much screen time phone have i spent uh, in the last, well, I guess it's a weekly, I'm an hour and nine minutes in staring at my phone, uh, 39 minutes on games, eight minutes social networking, six minutes on productivity. That's, that's ridiculous. And it's what Wednesday, um, six minutes on productivity, six, six minutes. I'm guessing that's just email. Probably. Uh, so and, and you know what? That's that's, time anyway. that's probably inflated because ever since I uh, the other day I, I decided I, I need to stop. I'm spending way too much time on my phone, and part of it is the the shiny toy of Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and part of it is this show. I like to see what, if any, interaction we're getting, you know, online from from the things we post and whatever. Not nearly enough, by the way, listener. So you know, engage, <laughs> please. But I just found myself constantly checking all of those. And so I said, that's enough. I need to I need to not only put the phone away, I need to remove the temptation of the thing that's on the phone. So the, all those apps are gone now. So now, nice. Good for you. now when I get hungry for it and I pull my phone out of my pocket and I realize, ah, they're gone. What do I do? I need to somehow feed this need. And... I pull the the phone out of my pocket. I realize those things are gone, and so I start looking for what what else can I do. So I'm like checking work email, which I would never do. Like, <laughs> like nine o'clock. And, oh, that's I can look at that. I'll look at that for a minute. I'll check personal email, even though I just checked it like ten minutes ago, and you know nothing's going to change. And there's nothing going to be critical in there that I need to know at you know ten o'clock at night or whatever. So that that uh, productivity number is way inflated. That six minutes, that's ridiculous because I would never do that. But now I'm so hungry for some sort of online connection that I'm relying on that. So what brought this on? Why, why the purge? You know, I just noticed how often when I was at home putting the kids to bed, I would sit there staring at, you know, all that stuff, just killing the time and not being present with my kids that I'm trying to get to bed, sitting next to my wife, watching TV and reaching for my phone every 10 minutes. It just, I could feel it didn't feel good. I could feel that I was wasting a lot of time and attention and, and it, it's toxic. You know, it adds to my depression. It adds to my feeling bad about myself. When I, when I see all the wonderful lives everyone else is living uh, and compare myself to them. And I know that's a, a huge mistake. So all of that was happening. And I was reading uh, Mark Manson's latest book, uh, everything is fucked, uh, a story of hope or a tale of hope, something like that. Mm-hmm. And he gets into how toxic, 
social media and, and internet, you know, addiction basically is or can be for a lot of people. And he also wrote a, a, a blog post about it, about uh, what he calls the attention diet. And I just went, you know what? This is, it's one of those signs. I'm thinking about it. This is now on my radar. I got to unplug. I got to get this thing out of, out of my, out of my head because it's, it's just contributing to all the things that I'm working so hard to fight against. So I had, mm-hmm. to, I had to pull the plug. So how long did it take between you realizing that you wanted to do something like this and actually doing it? Days. That's the thing. I, I actually wrote about I I wrote a blog post about this. I decided probably last Thursday. That's enough. I, I got to do this. And then I thought about it and thought about it. I mean, it takes 10 seconds to delete, you know, four apps off your phone. And mm-hmm. I thought about it for days. And then even writing the blog post was a way to like, motivate myself to do it while also putting off actually doing it. But by putting that out there and saying, I'm doing this, I'm holding myself accountable. The, the sharing publicly of it is a way of holding myself accountable and, and uh, motivating myself to actually do it. And that I did, I, I hit publish, picked up my phone and deleted them all off my phone. Nice. Good for you. And it's, it's tough to do. I, I've done it a couple of times and the, uh, how are you feeling now? How, how's how's that feeling when you open up your phone and nothing oh, is there? I'm jonesing, man. It's not good. <laughs> it's weird. Like, it's better if I'm away from my phone, if I can put it in another room, like stick it on the charger and, and walk away. It's not there in my pocket reminding me that it's a distraction. I, when I'm irritated with what's going on at home or I want to put something off, I can't pull that out as an excuse uh, for something to do. But I, a number of times, and, and last night I think it hit me the hardest uh, so far, where I I reached into my pocket to, to check. I was specifically looking for Instagram, and then I realized oh, it's not there. What what now? <laughs> what do I do? What do I do now? Uh, but it was it was just a split second, and then you know I checked work email or whatever. And, well, this is stupid, and I put it away. Uh, it's that moment where you need to open your eyes, take a look around, find the closest person, and just say hi to them. Yeah, right. I had a house full of two kids running around, a wife. We had just gotten back from Costco, so I had plenty to do. I had to put all that stuff away. I had to get the kids to bed. There was all these things that was just, I think I was overwhelmed. And I went, I just need to go escape for just a minute. But that escape shouldn't be in the form of a phone. I should be able to go and just sit in my yard on my couch, just take a moment to just, you know, meditate, breathe you know, have some water, like just do something to take care of myself, not busy my mind with more information and, and toxic, uh, interaction. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yep. That makes perfect sense to me. So what do you do about this? What do you do about this addiction? How do you kick this? How do you get the monkey off your back? Fortunately, we found an expert, you know, and it's funny. Um, I was thinking before I called her, Zach, there was, uh, I think it was the, the second or third episode that we did with uh, our guest, Johan Hari, uh, who had wrote the book Lost Connections, talked a lot about addiction. He referenced in our talk with him uh, a local internet addiction facility here in the Seattle area called Restart. And I think I even said at one point, oh, we should have them on the show to talk about that at some point. Yep. And so as I've been struggling with this the last couple of days, I thought, you know, that would be a, a really interesting interview. And as it turns out, it is. <laughs> we, really? Uh, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I love it. We reached out to Hillary Cash. She's the chief clinical director at the Restart Internet Addiction Recovery Center. 
really, uh, I think, an interesting conversation about addiction itself and how it plays with uh, technology, Internet, social media, all that, and some really uh, useful tools if you have the garden variety addiction like we do and some, some help if, uh, if things are a little bit worse for you. So uh, our talk now with Hillary Cash from the Restart Internet Addiction Recovery Center. So I just started my own uh, sort of unplugging my own, uh, as some people refer to it, an attention diet, uh, unplugging some of the apps that I lean on heavily at home, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, that kind of thing, because I was, yeah. not I was noticing how much I was leaning on them to uh, escape responsibility, escape uncomfortable emotion, escape just anything that I didn't want to be doing. And it's, I, I guess there's, I, I'm seeing some debate online about how much of, of an addiction that really is. Can you talk a little bit about that and, and whether or not it is a, a true addiction? Well, I think it's useful to understand that there's not a, a just a simple demarcation uh, line, although there are efforts to create such lines, between addiction and non-addiction. Think of it more as, you know, a, a scale. And use it can go from just normal healthy use and slide in the direction of addiction and go into a mild addiction, which is not all that difficult to intervene with and stop. And then as it becomes more severe, it gets harder and harder to, to exercise any uh, control over yourself. So essentially, it really an, an addiction is something which you cannot control. It's a behavior, uh, be it ingesting a substance or engaging in something like your smartphone, constant looking at smartphones. If you can't control it, then that pretty much is, <laughs> becomes the definition of addiction and over time, it begins to have negative impacts on your life, like you're talking about how you've been using it to avoid responsibilities and avoid difficult emotions. Well, neither of those things are healthy, right? If you avoid responsibilities too much, then your life becomes unmanageable, right? right. So the more there are negative impacts in your life uh, and, and the more you realize you really have no control over this, the more addicted you're becoming. So let's talk a little bit about addiction. We uh, a few months ago, one of our first episodes, actually, we spoke with Johan Hari, and he mentioned the the work that he'd done with you for his book, Lost Connections, and talking about addiction. Uh, and and he sort of has the uh, theory, the hypothesis that addiction is sort of the opposite of connection. That, that that's sort of where yeah. we default to when we are not able to connect and have real, uh, authentic, I guess, relationships or, or or interactions with people. Does that mesh with with your research and what you find? Well, I do think that um, it's an essential that connecting with others in a way that is healthy, safe, caring, those connections are essential to our well-being. And if we don't have those, we are going to be very prone to addiction. And certainly the recovery process means uh, a, a, an essential element in the recovery process does mean um, developing those good, healthy connections with other people. I mean, we're, we are social animals, and we've got to have, to be, in order to be healthy, we have to have plenty of good social connections. And one of the big mistakes that people make is seeking social connection online 
uh, really at the expense of real-world social connection, and they don't realize that that is actually not satisfying their social needs in the way that they are imagining it. It does. It feels fine to be chatting online with people, but it's not producing this thing called limbic resonance, which happens when we're actually face-to-face with people that we care about and we know care about us. What are, what are some of the warning signs that, that you're, you're starting to become addicted to uh, social media or, or even just a phone in general? Well, I think one of the things that people um, often describe is that they, first of all, they often have a very unrealistic sense of how much time they actually are spending on their phones. And they will report, oh, I spend probably a couple hours a day. But if they actually check their phone usage, uh, either with an app or in the case of an iPhone, it's built in that, that you can check that, you know, you'll discover that you're actually spending much more time. Most people discover that they're spending much more time than the amount of time they thought. So it's overuse of time and it is often people describe to me that they know they should be doing other things, like they know they should go to the gym because they need their exercise, or they know that they really need to go uh, shopping for healthy groceries, come home, make some meals that are good, healthy meals, but they can't be bothered because they're so caught up in what they're doing, and so instead they, you know, they order pizza to be delivered to the house so that they don't have to be interrupted. It's these signs when people can see that they know that they really should be doing something else, but they don't because they can't be bothered. They're too busy and caught up in what they're doing. Like they know they should turn it off and go to bed, but they don't really want to go to bed. They'd rather keep watching YouTube videos. And so they're not getting enough sleep. What is it about the screen? What is what are we getting out of the interaction with social media or YouTube or whatever it is that that we are developing that addiction? What's I guess physically happening to us to make us so dependent on it? These things are designed to keep our attention. It's very they're really consciously designed to hold our attention, and what it means is that we feel rewarded when we open up our screens and we start doing stuff online, we don't know if a given action is going to be rewarding or not, but it's rewarding often enough that we, our brains release a little uh, squirt of dopamine and other neurochemicals that make us feel good. And it's that feeling good experience, which makes us want to do it again. So the novelty of whatever we're doing online is rewarding. The, uh, when we have, if we have, if we use social media and we use something like Facebook where there are likes, if we go online, we see what other people are posting. We see how people are reacting to us. Some of the time we like what we see. Some of the time we don't like what we see, but All of that experience of the unpredictability of reward for our activities online, it's called, um, it's reinforcing. And so that intermittent reinforcement is a behavioral principle which Skinner discovered decades ago tends to keep us very 
hooked and continuing the same behaviors. So if you think in terms of what you do when you go on your phone or go online um, by other means as hurting, like what are the rewards that you're experiencing, that is what is causing you to feel uh, rewarded. And if, if your brain is overstimulated with rewards, the brain goes through a whole process of um, down-regulating itself to cope with too much stimulation and reward. And then once the brain starts down-regulating that way, then you really are starting to get addicted. Uh, because if you stop what you're doing, then your brain is in operating in a deficit mode and it's going to take a little time to go through withdrawal and come back up to normal functioning. I wanted to ask you about that withdrawal because, uh, you know, like I said, two days ago, I, I deleted all the apps off my phone and, you know, through my job, I'm, I'm sort of required to still stare at that stuff all day. But at home, uh, I noticed for the first time last night that there were there were a couple of moments when I reached for it and pulled the screen out to look at what would normally be, you know, Instagram or whatever. And I remembered, oh, it's not there. And there was like this wince of <gasps> just this just this <laughs> slight moment of panic of, oh, my God, what do I do? Like, I, act I actually have uh -huh. to cope with whatever it is I'm trying to escape. Uh, right. I, I imagine in your work working with people that uh, have varying degrees of, of addiction, you must see some very extreme uh, examples of withdrawal from, from that momentary wince to much more devastating things. Can you talk a little bit about some of the uh, things that, that you've seen uh, in the work you've done? Well, sure. Um, I would say that on average it takes about three weeks be uh, for that withdrawal process, that initial kind of more severe withdrawal uh, to happen. And what's happening during that time is our clients, remember the people who come to us tend to be on the extreme severe end of, of addiction. And so their withdrawal is going to be much more severe than that wince that you experience. Yeah, yeah. And, and so what they're going what they experience is feeling bored, feeling restless, irritable, generally unhappy, difficulty concentrating, kind of fuzzy thinking, often difficulty with sleep. And all of that can last, you know, two to four weeks, but probably on average about three weeks. And once, once it's finished, they are no longer feeling bored. They're no longer feeling um, irritable. They're, they're feeling just much better overall. And uh, they often will report that they're thinking more clearly and uh, they're sleeping better. Just everything is better once they've actually gone through that withdrawal process. You've convinced me that um, I might want to think about my social media usage here, um, just based on the conversations we're having. Um, I don't think I have a huge problem, but I definitely have a, an issue with boredom and, and reach for my phone. And if my phone's not even in my pocket, I, I get that wince that Jeremy was talking about. Can you go into some of the things that we can do to curb our reliance on on this technology and social media? Well, some of the things that we have seen work for people are things like having, and I'm not talking about people in treatment, so just people like you who are out in the world just wanting to really manage this better. You need to think through and have some rules. 
for instance, if you just say, I'm going to keep my phone off and just check it once, let's say once an hour or once every two hours, I'm going to check it, pick up my messages, respond to things I need to respond to, be it email or text or whatever, and then I'm going to turn it back off. So it's not always on and I'm not getting notifications that are going to be pinging at me and, and distracting me. So if you can do that, if your work allows you to do that, that is one thing that can be very, very helpful. And then other rules, like there might be rules while you're at work, something like I've just described, but then there can be different, a different set of rules for when you're at home. If you are a person with a family, it's really important that the family have family time together. So the rules for everyone might be that um, once you get home, the phone is off until after dinner. And that's time to connect with everyone, time to, if you need a little downtime yourself, it's not online, it's maybe going for a walk or meditating or reading a book for a little while. And then dinner time spent together, again, no distraction of screens for anyone. And then after dinner, you know, kids are going to go do their homework. Parents maybe need to go and and want to go check whatever's going on online that they need to respond to, and all of that is fine. Um, And then there needs to be bedtime, uh, like the kids need to have bedtime, and kids should be turning off their screens an hour before bedtime because the screens, and, and adults as well, should turn off screens an hour before they try to sleep so that melatonin can rise in the blood, which makes us sleepy and really primes us for sleep. And then no screens, no dings, no nothing during sleep time. Kids shouldn't have screens in their bedrooms. We adults maybe have our phones and screens in the bedrooms, but they're all turned off so that they're not waking us up and calling to us throughout the night. So those are some examples, and I really think it's a great idea to have and use those apps that that we can check on ourselves to see how much time we're using, those digital wellness apps that really help us keep track of how much time we're using so that we're not fooling ourselves. I ha- I've noticed on my iPhone uh, since they updated, and, and now you can see how much time you've spent on the various kinds of apps, It's it can be pretty alarming how much how many hours yeah. are wasted just staring at that thing. It's, it's That's why this, this, these rules that I'm suggesting really will help cut down on that. Yeah. If... Uh, it, if somebody is hearing this and thinking, I've, I've done all that, I can't kick this thing, I, it's, it's hurting my family, I lost my jaw, like they're having the very serious impacts of a, a sto- sort of a standard addiction problem, uh, that's where you guys come in and you offer more extreme help. Is that right? We do. We, we have opened an outpatient clinic. So somebody here locally who uh, wants to come in and have an assessment and see if they can work on this on an outpatient basis, they can do that with us. But also if somebody really is, outpatient work is not going to cut it and they really need uh, a residential inpatient program, we offer that as well. And you guys are here in the Seattle area, but if somebody is not in the Seattle area, do you know of, are, are, are you guys growing? Do you know of other resources around the country? We are aware of 
people, I mean, not at all. I'm certainly not aware of everyone who is specializing in this field, but there are a growing number of therapists who are developing really good expertise in this. And so if somebody hears this, they are welcome to contact us no matter where they are, and we will try to help them find somebody who can help them wherever they are. That's terrific. I think it's really important work that you guys are doing in a, a, a kind of critical time as, uh, as we evolve with this technology. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us and, uh, and, and for sharing your insights. It, it's been my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Our thanks again to Hillary Cash. She's the Chief Clinical Director at the Restart Internet Addiction Recovery Center. Lots of good, uh, useful information there for you if you are anything like me and, and struggling to get uh, that monkey off your back. And uh, and in seriousness, I've seen some documentaries that also uh, have been filmed out there and seen some people in some deep, uh, dark, desperate situations. So if, if that is you, if you should reach out to them. They are here in the Seattle area, but uh, as she mentioned, lots of resources around the country for wherever you happen to be. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not easy, man. There's, there, there's a lot of different ways to, to approach getting, getting, you know, getting yourself unplugged, I guess. Yeah. I, I think while we were doing the interview, I, I couldn't help but think back to the time when I, um, set my Facebook and Instagram account, uh, apps to essentially shut down after 15 minutes. And I thought that 15 minutes would last me all day on both of them. And it just amazed me that I was out of time on both of them by like 7.30 a.m. Oh, my God. I didn't realize you could. I mean, I figured there was some sort of a, a timer app that I could get. But then I realized how much time would I have to spend on my phone researching how to find that app to get me to stop being on my phone? Yeah, Android has it built in. So it's uh, a, it's the digital well-being, digital well-being app. Uh, and you can you can set it for all of your apps and set a timer. And I quickly increased the time to 30 minutes on each of them and thinking that would be plenty of time, but I still ran out of time. And it just amazed me how much time I was actually spending on just those two apps. And but what was cool was like by setting that and running out of time, it actually trained me to not look at them. And when I did look at them, I would look very quickly and then shut it down. Yeah, it, it's awful. It really it just... The other thing that, that I noticed about it is that I, the more I was on any of those trying to distract myself from you know reality or, or the moment I was supposed to be in, the more I would get annoyed at the things that were sort of pulling me back into reality. So like if I was you know trying to do something on Twitter and my kids needed something, needed my attention, no matter how frivolous the need, I would get irritated with them for needing me when I was trying to do this stupid thing mm -hmm. that, that I didn't need to be doing. Uh, and, and that was sort of the, the, the last straw is I realized like there was a point where I got kind of mad and I was like, what am I getting mad at? Like, I'm the one being the, the jerk here. I'm the one that's not plugged into my kids. I'm plugged into nonsense. Yeah. Uh, so that was kind of the last straw where I had to, I had to just go, that's it. That's enough. Good for you. Well, I, I wish you the best of luck in it. I know it's, it's not easy to do. And, and I actually should draw myself back in a little bit at this point in time. Yeah, get 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 those timers up, man. Yeah, I know, but I got a new phone and I didn't set it up, and now I'm kind of adjusted to you know unlimited time. Right, right. So uh, we should, uh, I guess, quickly recap. Uh, 
we got a little uh, heavy on the last episode, I guess, just sort of sharing the the struggles that we've that we've gone through. Um, and and Zach, I don't know that you and I have actually talked uh, since that show. We've exchanged a text or two or an email or two, but uh, in terms of actually catching up, I don't really know what's going on with you. Uh, I know on this end, I've I've tried to take a few steps to sort of move through a lot of what, what I was struggling with. Just things like, you know, looking around the house and seeing the things that I felt bad about, about, you know, cabinets falling apart, things that things that need to be fixed that I'm not qualified or rich enough to fix. I've decided that I just need to start taking the steps to figure out how to fix it. Um, so we've had somebody come out and take some measurements and, and, and just sort of moving the process forward so that we can start to do something. Uh, and it's crazy how when you do feel stuck, just the slightest step forward can help sort of lift that cloud a little bit and, and make you feel like you're making progress toward what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. Making progress is actually, um, it's really important. Even if you know, you can't complete all of it. Um, I, I struggled with that for a long time, you know, looking at a particular project and knowing that if I couldn't complete it all in one shot, it wasn't going to make me happy. I couldn't do it. And I, I just wouldn't start. So, you know, good for you for, you know, just taking a couple of first steps to get the ball rolling because it, it's it's like a snowball going downhill. Once you get a little bit of momentum, you'll get a little more and a little more and a little more. Um, you might have some flat spots, but you can keep the momentum going. Well, and it's just funny, too, how, how much of an analogy for life it is. You know, you, you constantly think, oh, once I get that job, things will be great. Once I make that amount of money, things will be great. Once I get that car, things will be great. Once I fix my cabinets that are falling apart, things will be great. You know, none of that is true. It's all of it is a process. All of it is progressing toward just baby steps, goals that you're trying to accomplish to to feel productive in your life. And and so whatever whatever it is that you're working on, the thing will never satisfy the need that you have attached to it. It's just the the process of getting there is where the real growth happens. Um, but recognizing that is the hardest part of the journey, I think. Yeah, and I I think um, I mentioned to you earlier that you posted something, you reposted our very first episode, which um, I went back and listened to, and in that episode we we talked a lot about just being okay with with where you are now, mm-hmm. and it's okay to have goals and aspirations, but um, you know part of it is you just have to be okay with where you are now. Period. It's not about the next job. It's not about the new car or getting the, you know, the, the cabinets fixed. It's about being okay now and having goals and aspirations to, to grow. But I think I had forgotten that for a little bit. And then going back and listening to the first episode was actually a good reminder for me. Speaking of being okay with where you're at now, you, you are home now. A few more weeks have passed. You got all, got all the boxes unpacked. You, you settled. Ah, in. This sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Nope, boxes are not unpacked. No, it's things are getting better. Um, I've gotten back into regular routine of exercising. Um, I'm actually right in the middle of week four of Transform 20 because um, I think I actually had let myself go to the point where I was a little winded going upstairs and, and out of shape. So um, for me anyway, I was out of shape. So I had to start with um, you know Transform 20 again. I feel like we're trying to sell it here, but we're not. No, it's um, just that good. It, it's 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 just that good, and it's it's a building um, program where you know you just go up one step at a time, and by the time you get to the end, you know you're doing an incredibly hard workout that's 
had you tried the last week on the first week, it would have destroyed us. But, you know, I did one of the bonus workouts the other day. I, I've been, I haven't been in the gym nearly enough. I did a bonus workout the other day just to just do to do something because I've been biking a lot more and stuff. But I was like, I no time. Let's hit the gym. Went in there and I did one of the bonus workouts and and it has weights. And this was two days ago, and my arms are still killing me. They're still killing me. <laughs> I, was, I forgot how hard it is when you don't do it every day, and uh, yeah, I'm paying for it. Yeah, it, it's again, we're not selling it, but it is such a good program. I think um, one of one of my friends who happens to listen to the show is is on day three of Transform Twenty oh. um, because of I think what we've what we've said on the show. Where's my commission uh, about it? <laughs> it's in the mail. All right. Uh, well, I know uh, you are out of time. Uh, I am out of time. So we should wrap things up. Uh, so to Hillary Cash, who joined us from Restart, thank you. Uh, thank you for listening to this show. Hopefully it's been helpful for you. I would love to hear if uh, if you are hearing this and thinking to yourself, yes, I also spend too much time doing these things. And, and if you decide to sort of take a step forward and, and uh, deleting those things or, or cutting back or whatever. We'd just love to hear you share your journey with us. You can do that uh, either on a voicemail, 206-659-7667, uh, through our Facebook, uh, Instagram, or Twitter pages, although we won't be responding to them nearly as often. Uh, and you can always email us, info at thefitmess.com. Uh, with that, we will say goodbye, and we'll be back in a couple of weeks at thefitmess.com. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you then. Take care, everyone. Bye. We know this podcast is amazing and does not seem to lack anything, but we still need a legal disclaimer. Jeremy and Zach are not doctors. Please consult your physician prior to implementing any changes that you heard on this podcast. The listener assumes that Jeremy and Zach do not know what they're talking about and that you'll do your own research on the topics talked about in this podcast. The hosts of this podcast are not liable for any physical or emotional issues that might occur directly or indirectly as a result of listening to this podcast.